Friendless is a proud member of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network, which is sponsored in part by Connexus Credit Union and Direct West. Hello, my sweeties, and welcome back once again to a brand new episode of Friendless. It's me, your host, James Avramenko, back once again to continue asking the question, what does it mean to be a friend in the hellscape we currently call reality by calling up old Facebook friends and unfriending them at the end of my interview? This week, I've got a fabulous guest on, the one and only painter, theater tech Swiss Army Knife, and music impresario, Jensine Tronson. Jensine and I discuss her miniature painting series, letting art be imperfect, how to be friends with everyone you meet, holding people accountable for yourself and not performatively, verbalizing your gratitude for others, and so, so much more. It is a fabulous interview, and I'm so grateful that Jensine came on. As always, there are some updates about Friendless, as well as our sister show, Raised by the Movies, but I will put all of that at the end of the episode, so do stick around for that. But that is then, and this is now. So let's not delay, and for now, jump right into my interview with Jensine Tronson, here on Randless. So this week I have uh, um, a local Saskatoon, you know, uh, 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 artist. Um, it's not that I hesitate to call you a friend, but that it's like it's we're in this really funny uh, spot where, you know, we know each other through the community, um, but we never really had a chance to actually have a one on one conversation. And so I'm actually really mm-hmm. excited about this. Uh, uh, Jensen, is it is it Tronson? Tronson, yeah. Okay, I just I should have asked you that before we started recording. No, that's okay. <laughs> but how are you today? I'm doing okay. I'm you know keeping on. Yeah. How are you? I, hey, you know trucking on. It's it's uh it's only minus ten today, so it feels yes. like uh it's like it's like the tropics. Basically summer, right? <laughs> I know. <laughs> God. Um. So the way we've kind of crossed paths was through the theater work that um that you've done. I I I don't believe we've ever actually directly worked together, but um I've seen a lot of your different kind of uh, design works, and you seem to float through multiple kind of disciplines uh, um um of of theater in terms of uh, I think I've seen you do lighting. I think I've seen you do costume. I think I've seen you do set. Um, Mm -hmm. and so, and so, um, I guess where, where I'm curious to sort of start with the, with the, with the interview is about, um, what sort of led you down that path and what you got, what got you into design work for theater? Well, I did, I actually started doing theater as an actor, as a kid. Mm. And, and I say that very lightly, like it was community theater stuff at the old, uh, Broadway dinner theater and stuff like that like it was not professional stuff by any means but that's kind of where it started and when I was going uh, in high school I did drama again as an actor I didn't really think much of the design side and going into university I I was going to be a botanist and then I took a drama class and went you know what what am I doing here (laughs) and I just had a thought of like you know what I don't think I want to act the rest of my life and I like doing other stuff and I know how to sew and I might as well give design stuff a try and the the 
multifaceted design stuff kind of just happened. Like right. there was never an intention to do a little bit of everything, but that's how I've always done stuff anyways. Totally. Do a little bit of everything at like 60%. You know, I you know what though? I think that, you know, cuz there's obviously there's that like that old, that that old saying of like the master of none, you know, the 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 jack of all trades, the master of none thing. And mm-hmm. and and I think that that was a, a an idiom that held true in a time when you could specialize. And I don't think we can anymore. Yes. You know, especially I, I I mean, I don't know if we've Definitely. ever been able to specialize in Canadian art, right? Where it's like <laughs> like it's already hard enough to survive as it is just being in the arts, let alone if you want to just be an actor or just a whatever, right? Yes, exactly. Um, and, Definitely. And so did you did you go to uh, university for it? Did you study it? Or? I did. I went to the U of S. I have a, a BFA H in theater design cool. with the University Medal of the Fine Arts, if I can toot my little horn about that. That's awesome. It it was a piece of metal they gave me. That's it. That's so cool. <laughs> I love that so much. You know, I, yeah. I, I was I was always of the mind of like uh my my old, you know, as I was like rolling up some fat joint. My my <laughs> my old my saying was always D's are for degrees. Yeah. So, um, so I I I can't claim to have ever gotten any you know, what are they called? Like the the cum laude or like all those. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Some come whatever the fuck it is, right? You know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but that's so cool. So is that through? Um, is that like academic achievement, or is that through? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I I'm not really sure what the criteria was. Honestly, I have no idea. I, <laughs> I was not really in a great mindset around convocation, so right. everything was kind of a blur. Yeah. I walked on stage, I took my thing, and I went back to work. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, I didn't even go to mine. I didn't even attend mine because it was like uh, I, I, you know, I'd actually gotten work outside of the city, and so I was like, bye. You oh. know? But uh, yeah, sit in a garbage bag for essentially a garbage exactly. bag for however many hours. I purposefully graduated in November so I wouldn't have to do the summer That's ceremony. So smart. <laughs> That's so smart. I, you know, it's funny. I, I, I tried doing that actually. I tried. I tried. I was in my last. You know, I had to take a fifth year because I'd failed, or I, I hadn't failed. I'd gotten so many. Ends on classes that I uh, <laughs> right? and uh, and so I had to make up credits and all that kind of stuff. And by the time I got to my fifth mm-hmm. year, I was like, okay, I'm just gonna cr- I'm gonna crunch six classes into one semester just oh, so that no. I can be done and gone. I I didn't. <laughs> I, 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 gratefully, a friend of mine sat me down and was like, James, it's the stupidest thing you've ever said. <laughs> you know? Oh, good. Oh my but, gosh. Uh, I took five years just because I had to. Right? I just felt like it. I didn't want to do it all in four. That's insane. I mean, Taking six classes in one term is insane. Even five classes is insane. Like the fact that they consider ah. a five class a full work, like a, a, a what is it called? Like a sort of a, a normalized workload is, yeah. is just nuts to me, you know? Mm-hmm. I totally agree. Um. So so you're involved in all this in all this design work and um mm. but uh, I, I, actually the thing that i really want to talk to you about i, I you know theater th- theater for me is in a funny spot because it's like <laughs> i mean it's like it kind of doesn't exist right now you know what i mean like it's mm-hmm. sort of like oh, what yeah. the fuck's theater you know like um and it's like and it's also um it's in a very volatile state you know uh you know culturally speaking across not only in the city but across the province and across the country it's it's going through such upheavals so it's um 
it's almost a tough subject to kind of touch on. Um, mm-hmm. So forgive me as I sort of dance around it a little bit, but um, oh, that's all right. But, um, I gotcha. Are you are you are you working on anything these days? Like, are you doing any kind of? I am. Oh, amazing! Actually. In in real theater, yeah. yeah. I work for a Twenty Fifth Street Theater now for the Fringe. Yes, that's been awesome. And I'm costume designing. Um, I don't really, yeah, I'm not sure who it's actually produced by. <laughs> I'm costume designing. Maybe I shouldn't. Fair, okay, I <laughs> I'm costume designing a show that's going to be at the refinery in April. Cool. So it's it's weird costume designing again. I feel like I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Did I ever really know what I was doing? I don't know. Does anybody? <laughs> but I feel less so. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. You know, I, I think, you know, you always hear about that. There's always that uh uh, the the conversation around like imposter syndrome and everybody always talks about feeling like imposter yes. syndrome and and there is this half of me that feels like yes it's real and i get it and i and i feel it and i understand when people feel doubtful of it there is this other side of me too though that it's just like well if this isn't making you fucking happy then why are you doing it you know it's yes. right it's like it's like mm-hmm. it's sort of like quit beating yourself up for liking doing something and also quit beating yourself up for like not being the best at it right out of the gate you know mm-hmm. and, and also, right like, out of the gate exactly yeah. it's okay not to know and what does that even mean questions. what's the best what is the best theater how the fuck could we ever know what the best theater <laughs> is it it you, you you put it on and it dies you know so it's like yep. you might be the best theater person ever and you'll never know that so mm-hmm. just like let off get off your back you know yeah so with 25th Street, how did you get involved with that because i um you know, through my through my SPC work, which I I I I don't talk a lot about here, but um, but through SPC, uh, we've been partnering with with Twenty uh, Fifth Street for a couple projects, and it's really exciting. Mm. And I just like the like the way that Anita Smith has started like really spearheading uh, uh, new projects is just like it's so exciting and it's so fun. Yeah, actually, it's funny how I got the job was it's it's kind of a funny story actually. Um, so I had worked for the fringe as a technician in 2019 and was supposed to be taking on a more leadership role in 2020, of course, then the world exploded. So that didn't happen, but we're sitting here in, at the end of 2020, I I can't remember what month exactly it was. It must've been September or so. And I, I work at the liquor store as well and I needed something else. So I got a, a nine to five job on a Monday. I started on Monday, Tuesday, I got a raise at this job. Wednesday, I had to call in sick because I was in so much distress because I just hated it. Yeah. I just hated it. And I'm sitting at home thinking like, I need the money, but I can't, I can't do this job. Yeah. I can't do it. And I'm looking at my ceiling going, oh God, Brandon, my partner that passed away is like, Brandon, if you love me at all, give me a sign. Like, just help me out here, man. Within 12 hours, I got an email from Anita being like, hey, you want a job? And I was like, oh my God, yes, please. <laughs> oh oh do i ever so yeah so i quit that place i was there for three days oh my god i love that they gave you a raise too they were just like we need you and you're like bye (laughs) i I felt bad for about it i was like man how like who does that a i mean also although you you know what though if if this company had money to give raises in a pandemic i'm sure they're fine 
you know? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, they, they've got yeah. it on lockdown right, there. Exactly. It just was not my type of work. And that's not to say anything bad about the company. They're fantastic, and they run a well-oiled machine. I am just not as well-oiled as they are, so it was not the place for me, that's all. You know what, though? That is something that I've struggled with through, like, basically my entire adult life is this idea of, like, sometimes I'll get, you know, a, like a quote unquote, like a normal person job, right? You know, I'll, I'll, I'll be a phone salesman or I'll be a, you know, a dishwasher or whatever, whatever it might be, whatever, like normal, you know, non-artistic based job. And, um, and I feel like I'm losing my absolute mind. Like, I feel like it's just, mm -hmm. it's just the, 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 this is just the worst place for me to be. And, and, and it's why I'm constantly, I'll just take any theater job that there is, you know, it's why I've sort of ran the gamut of like, Oh yeah, I'll be a box office manager. Sure. I'll be an uh, audience services manager. Sure. I'll whatever mm -hmm. the fuck, as long as like, as long as my office is a theater, I will do it. You know? Yes, and, and, for uh, sure. And I just like, I, I, part of me wishes I wasn't like that <laughs> because <laughs> Because, like, yes. like, you know, like, theater admin jobs um, suck so bad, you know, because mm -hmm. you get it, you get it from all sides, right? Because when you're theater admin, you're, you're, you're shit on by your upper people, you know, you're never mm -hmm. paid what you're worth. And then the people in the community think that you're like the privileged few. And so you get shit on from them too, you know? And it's mm -hmm. just like, there's no winning. And it's like, I just like, I'm a part-time pencil pusher. What do you want from me? You know? <laughs> they're like, why haven't you solved all of our cultural problems that are baked in for the last century? And, you know, mm -hmm. like, what the fuck is happening here? Anyway, that's a little side, side spin, but, um, but uh, so what do you do exactly <laughs> to actually center back into what we're talking <laughs> about? Um, what what are you doing with the with the fringe this year? I'm by technical definition, the executive assistant. Cool. So I am Anita's number two, um, which is a big job yeah. because Anita is so, so phenomenal that trying to like be adequate is really <laughs> difficult it's difficult because i've it. never done a theater admin job like i've got stage management experience so that helps from an organizational standpoint but i've never had to write a grant yeah. or ask people for money or ask people for quotes or yeah. or you know i had to phone a lady the other day and i who, who phones people anymore i don't know ah <laughs> like it's all the weird shit that that just sort of happens yes. that you don't really think about doing. And, you know, we've been doing some marketing, which actually my first job when I was 16 or whatever was as a social media person for a company in town. So mm -hmm. I'm like drawing experience from 10 years ago yeah, yeah. back to help me design this website. And I'm not even building it. Like we've got people doing that, but if there's changes, you know, I have to do that sort yeah. of stuff, share social media, all the stuff that, but yeah, like I said, just sort of happens for a lot of people and you don't really think about having to do it mm -hmm. or you don't realize the work that goes into it. I think that's the Definitely. other issue. Well, it's that whole thing. I mean, and this is it's something that I wish uh, was was spoken about more openly within the, the arts community, not just theater, but within the arts community so that people outside could grasp it a little stronger is that um, when you when you watch good work, right, whether it's, whether it's, you know, good admin, which is a craft in itself, or whether it's good art, you know, like whether it's mm -hmm. a, a beautiful piece of painting or a song or a theater, whatever it might be, 
when you witness good work, it looks easy because it's being mm -hmm. done by somebody who's learned how to do the work. It's not easy, right? It's not easy to get up and act. It's not easy to write a grant, you know, but mm -hmm. but but it looks easy because somebody's put the work in. And 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 I wish that we were more attuned to that. And I I don't I don't I I don't encounter it very often that people give that kind of empathy, you know. And now that yeah. is definitely like my own internalized like depression and all my other, you know, like my my cynicism yeah. and my, you know, I read I, I read Camus when I was 18 and it ruined me, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right? So, so there's yeah. that part of it, but but I do feel like I don't encounter that type of empathy very much, especially nowadays with you know, the vitriol of, of, of Facebook comments and Twitter and, mm -hmm. you know, and dogpiling and all these like, you know, virtue signalings and, and things like that. Yes. Right. And so, um, yeah. So I worry that we don't realize the work that goes into uh, making sure this stuff can happen, you know? Yeah. And even from like making sure this stuff can happen from a work perspective and a life perspective exactly. too. I mean, Anita specifically is a mom of two young exactly. kids and does X amount of other stuff on top of it. Like I'm, I'm lucky to be a young single, no kids, no pets. Oh, I sit no. in my house and I do nothing. Right. I don't, <laughs> yeah. I, I look after myself, which is a full-time job Ex because absolutely. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not very good at it, but that's that's fine. <laughs> that's something else. But you know, like there's there's this expectation that oh well, you're so and so at this place, you must be so strong in your job and do all this other stuff, and then you go home and you get to you know enjoy your life. No, maybe you work for four other theater companies and you're trying to juggle all of that, plus yeah. your kids, plus your partner, plus your six dogs and seven cats yes. and. 40 parakeets i don't know exactly right? and it's all right. and it's all underpaid and it's all underrepresented <laughs> and it's all under underappreciated right you know and i think yeah you know i think that um something that i'm trying really hard to do within my own sort of encounters with 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 other art theater artists and and especially like theater you know sort of perceived theater leaders and art leaders is is like just to like thank them because i think that um it's very easy to let those positions go unthanked because of our own internalized resentments of what we think they're doing versus, you know, our career or whatever it might be, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that it's really easy to forget how much someone like Anita does, you know, um, and how grateful I am for her being in the community and the work that she does. And, 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 you know, because these positions aren't, um, you know, I think about like when I, you know, my time and I, you know, I, I won't go, I won't go very deep into this at all, but uh, my time working at uh, the big theater in town, mm -hmm. you know, uh, those are um, positions that are built for four people each, but are being done by one person, you know? Yes. And so it's like, these are one person teams who are doing way too much work for, for what they're being enlisted to do and then being, mm -hmm. and then being held accountable as if they're a team. Right. And so exactly. it's a, a two-way direction thing, right. Of, of, of a failure, uh, a failure of organization and then also a failure of um, community. Right. And, and, yes. and uh, you know, anyway, I'm not, I'm not trying to, <laughs> I swear I'm not trying to throw anybody under any buses here or anything like that. No, it's, no, like, you you're know. absolutely right. But, um, I just worry that uh, the conversations that are being had are swinging sometimes in the wrong directions because I worry that they blame 
the wrong people, you know? Yeah. I also worry that 100%. we're looking for blame, right? It's like sometimes it's not, mm-hmm. sometimes it's not a person to blame. Sometimes it's, you know, a system that needs refurbishing that isn't mm-hmm. one person's burden to bear, right? You know? Yes. Another element of your art that I love and I'm just like, I'm fascinated by it, and I want to hear all about, um, you post these amazing little, like, like micro records, like these like painted <laughs> records, and and mm-hmm. they're so friggin' cool, and and I just want to I like I, I I don't know I, you know it's one of those like tell me everything like I don't know what to mm-hmm. like but like what what sort of inspired you to do that? Um, let's start mm. there. What inspired you? Sure. Actually, the first one I did, I have still never finished. Mm. It's uh, Green Day American Idiot, and I started doing it like. Oh, God, probably 10 years ago. Okay. It's two inch by two inch, whatever. And I just did it for fun. I did it because I liked that album and oh, yeah. whatever. But but the inspiration, I guess, comes from my mom, straight up. My mom is the biggest rock and roller you could ever meet. She's something else entirely, that woman. I God, it. I love her. When I was a little kid, she would, uh, Sunday mornings, like if I had a sleepover Saturday night, too, good luck with us sleeping in Sunday morning. It wasn't a thing. Mom was up vacuuming, using the vacuum as a microphone with our five CD mixer, <laughs> ACDC Back in Black, yep. April Wine Gold Collection, and Aerosmith Gold Collection. Oh so God. two discs each. Just, just cranked in our apartment. Oh my God. <laughs> so I get like that sort of rock and roll i just want to music is my is my thing with my mom specifically right um i just love it so when i was when quarantine started and all that i wanted something that i could do and i i don't care for drawing i don't care for you know i probably should i just don't like it (laughs) and i don't care for big paintings i don't have the patience to to spend on big paintings and yeah. the paint takes so long to dry the canvas and, oh. and all the material exactly and, yep. so i figured you know what little tiny ones that's about as many brain cells as i've got to put into this <laughs> so we'll start there <laughs> and it just like i don't know i did it for fun it started for fun because i have an ins- i have a huge record collection i picked one that i thought would be easy and i liked it and went on from there and my mom is really good at making sure i have work all the time in that department <laughs> she She'll listen to music at home. She lives in Red Deer. Yeah. And I'll get a text from her of a picture of her TV screen and the album that's playing on the through the TV. Do this one. Do this one next. So it's commission list. This person, this person. And then my mom Love is like it. 40 lines long. Yeah, she's You know, I was wondering actually about that because sometimes like there's been a few that are pretty deep cuts and they're like a little like, oh, shit, I haven't thought about that one in a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, and like those are usually requests of other people, which is I... kind of fun. Actually, it's fun doing albums that I have never heard of. Mm. Because then it forces me to listen to them. Well, it doesn't force me right. to, but I like to listen to the album that I'm painting while I'm working on it. Yeah. So it's fun. Like there was a Lily Kershaw one from a few months ago, and I've I'd never even heard of Lily Kershaw oh. before. And and so I posted the image of it and she commented back and we, oh. you know, like so cool. Yeah. All the cool stuff that comes from it. Well and it's it's such a unique um it's such a unique take, right? Because it's one thing to just reproduce it, right? It's one thing just to paint it, but it's a whole other thing to 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 miniaturize it, right? And mm-hmm. and, and that's actually what gives it its um for, for for me as an outsider, it's what gives it its like 
like uh, cachet is the wrong word, but it's like it's the thing that makes it so unique and interesting of like how do you condense it, you know, and what detail because mm-hmm. you do have to lose some of the detail, but in doing that, you you get new details through it and how yeah. do you adapt to it, right? It's good practice now too, actually. I think working small and then working your way back up, like yeah. the the most recent ones have been five inch, which right. are huge for me. That's like. <laughs> That's a lot of space. That's double. a lot more brain cells. I don't know, man. <laughs> and thinking about, yeah, what's important and what isn't important and using the theater design mindset yes. of going, okay, I can look at this 12 inches from my face and go, okay, well, that looks like shit. But then you put it on a wall and you walk five feet away and you go, oh, it actually doesn't look that bad. That's totally. kind of the the stage design mindset that comes through. Yep. The miniature. And not have, you don't have to make things perfect. Nothing has to be perfect. No. Who cares? Yep. Yeah. Right. Exactly. (laughs) And that's the thing. But but you're so spot on. And that's the thing that I'm constantly like trying to just scream to the mountains. Right. It's Mm -hmm. like it's like just do the dumb thing. You know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like absolutely perfect. There are you know like tell like if you told me your favorite piece of art ever, if it was like what's your favorite song i bet you could find a couple lines in it that suck (laughs) you know absolutely oh a hundred percent i'm sure there's some you know a couple of brush strokes in the mona lisa that are wrong or whatever the fuck right yeah it doesn't even have somebody fucked it up they they melted her eyebrows off you know like (laughs) yeah that's just it shit happens man and you have to yeah I love I it. always I always go off of like in five years am I gonna care about this exactly. probably not yeah. so mm, it's good enough knowing when to say that's good enough yes. that's a huge thing for everything for theater for for these paintings yep. uh, being able to look at it and go yes I could continue to work on this oh my god is it not worth it yes it's it's done like I can't nothing I can do it'll will fix it because i'll just do something and then screw something else up right it's not gonna i'm spinning my wheels in the mud or whatever you're spot on it's that there is i mean you know you're talking about the artistic process part of the process is letting it go right like part you know it's not you're not you're not finishing things if you're not giving it to somebody else like that's the whole you know for me that's the objective of art is like it's like it's all it's all fine and good to do it but you have to give it to someone else. That's how you finish yes. the, the cycle, right? And one hundred percent. And and you know, and and just the hope is that you don't give it to somebody mean. Does money spark joy in your life or cause you stress? If you said stress, you're not alone. For forty-two percent of Canadians, their biggest stressor comes from money. At Connexus, they care about your financial well-being. Money doesn't have to be stressful, and Conexus is here to help. The Conexus hashtag Money Talk blog provides expert advice, tips, and solutions for all life stages and events. Getting married, buying a house, budgeting, saving, they cover it all, and more. And did I mention it's free? Check it out today at ConnexusMoneyTalk.ca and start feeling confident and stress-free about your money. I've realized that I started this show with the core question of um, have I been a good friend, you know, and, and if I'm going to answer that question, what I need to figure out first is what does it mean to be a friend? Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that that is not necessarily a one shot answer. (laughs) 
<laughs> and so I'm 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 endlessly fascinated by how guests internalize that. And so I wonder, um, how do you define friendship? Friendship to me is a positive relationship with another person, plain and simple. Yeah. I I I won't say I've gotten in trouble for that before, but I feel like that's not a shared uh, reality for a lot of people. Cause like my coworkers, even at my, my weekend part-time job, those are my friends. They are my coworkers. Yes. But they're also, they're my friends. I don't think friendship needs to be a, would I take a bullet for you or not? That's a different level of friendship. But I think friendship in general is, I don't know. It's just a general positive, positive reaction to each other. And it doesn't even need to be positive all the time. I mean, I used to have a friend that would, um, she'd always make fun of me because I, when I was starting a story, I'd go, oh, my friend James and I, blah, blah, blah. And she'd be like, well, I would assume that they are your friend because you're doing that with them. And I'm like, well, I know. I just, I just, everyone is my friend. And yeah. so I'm always, oh, my friend, this person. And I went for lunch with my friend Tegan and I went for coffee with my friend this and that. And people are like, well, duh, they're your friends. You're doing stuff with them. I'm like, I don't know. Every, everyone's my friend. I just. I love that. And I think, you know, yeah. you know, I was having a bit of a, um, I don't know what the right word for it is, but I was having a bit of, um, uh, well, okay. Let me caveat it differently. My, my therapist was <laughs> has been working with me to uh, genuinely hold certain people accountable within my own mind. Cause I mean, there's, there's, there's one thing to like sort of publicly, put people in their place, quote unquote, and, and sort of go through this mm -hmm. rigorous role of shaming them. And, but then there's a whole other process of just holding them accountable for yourself. And, and yes. one of the, one of the things that I've kind of taken through that process is this idea of um, uh, how do I want people in my life to, um, to connect to me? And, and I, and I'm, and the reason I'm bringing this up is exactly what you're saying about like, if I have a good connection to you, I consider you my friend and I'm right there with you. That's absolutely. And I think that actually is like something that I'm now having problems with because mm -hmm. I have that reaction where I'm like, yeah, of course we're friends. We had that one really fun time 10 years ago. Yeah, I love you. That one time yeah. five years ago. Of course we're but, friends. But then, but then there are people in the world who are like, of course I'm not your fucking friend. I just work with you. You know, like there's, there's, there's these like shitheads and like, forgive me, but like, you know, it's like, and you know, and, and, and so it's like, I'm, I'm walking that, that tightrope of wanting to like everybody wanting to be friends, but then not being totally sure all the time of, of if they want that too. Right. And that's that mm -hmm. sort of push and pull of it. Mm -hmm. I found that I, I was doing a Myers-Briggs thing mm -hmm. for work a few weeks ago and, and being an empath, I think that's just something that happens naturally. But I also, based on the Myers-Briggs thing, I've been come to, it's come to my awareness that uh, I'm a bit of an oversharer. <laughs> and I overshare because I want people to be able to go, I don't know, however many years down the road. Oh, I'm experiencing something. I know that this person had experienced it. Maybe I can ask them for help. Yes. I want people to be able to to know me not so that i they can know who i am and they know blah, blah, blah. but because then we have if they ever need a hand they have someone to talk to they have you know i'm not i get it that's such a wonderful uh, i love that and i and i i i feel like you're giving voice to something that i've sort of inadvertently tried to do but um and i kind of wish more people would do was this idea of like it's almost leading by example 
right? It's almost like instead of talking about things that sometimes don't have the words, right? Like mm -hmm. sometimes you've had some degree of a traumatic experience, no matter what it may be, and you, mm -hmm. you don't know how to process it, but then you hear somebody say, you know, they tell a story about their experience and something similar. And that, you know, mm -hmm. that gives them the, the the permission and the safety to to process it for themselves. Right. And, Absolutely. And, uh, I love that. And I would. I, yeah. Like I say, I wish more people would do that, you know, but then there is that thing of like, you know, some people don't, you know, it's not that they don't care, but it's like some people don't want to have to handle it. Right. And that's the. Absolutely. I, I, and that's I, fine, too. Totally. Those people are usually really good at telling you. <laughs> when they don't want nothing to do with that which is good that's great you want me to shut the fuck up you just gotta tell me i'll do it <laughs>
it's okay to give yourself praise every once in a while. You don't have to sit there and beat yourself up and, oh, I didn't do this and I didn't do that. Well, yeah, but you also did these 10 other things. Totally. Don't worry about it. Man, that is, that is such a, uh, you know, I was talking, I I was, I was talking on an earlier episode about I've, I've been trying to do, um, like, uh, I forget the right term for it because it's purely on my own terms. Um, but it's like, you know, when you sort of like, oh, affirmations, I've been trying to do Mm -hmm. affirmations. Like I've been trying to like in the morning, talk to myself a little bit in the mirror and be, Mm -hmm. you know, and be sort of like, you're worth it. Yes. It's like, and it's hard. It's it is hard because it's like it's like it's not that i don't believe the affirmations themselves but i feel goofy right you know i yeah. feel really fucking weird being like go get him tiger <laughs> <laughs> i wish we had video on i wish they could see that that was so cute you're right though you're totally right having that moment Especially eye to eye with yourself in the mirror. Oh, I don't think I could do that. Uh, when I do my yoga, I try and pick. They always say set an intention. Uh, most of the time I sing that song that's on TikTok. The I am healthy. I am wealthy. I am I rich. I am that bitch. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's enough for me. Let's do my day. You know, oh, I don't have to think about it. <laughs> God, you know, and that's the thing. I mean, and that, I mean, and that really is what it comes down to. It's, it's like it's one thing entirely to to internalize it and try and let it bleed into your life. And then there's a whole other thing to like make it really intentional. Right. Yes. And actually that that's something we were talking about this earlier about an admin people that we don't, you know, we appreciate them, but we, whatever. That's something I was going to say back then too, is like, it's one thing to internalize it, to be like, ah, yes, I appreciate Anita. But when this meeting's done, I'm going to send her an email and say, Hey, look, Actually, actually verbalizing that to people. Yep. Some people don't care. Like we said about other stuff, they don't, some people don't, they don't need that verbal affirmation. But I think if you admire someone again, or think what they're doing is awesome, telling them that, yes. holy shit, you have no idea how good that makes people feel. Yep. Yep. Oh. And it's such a little thing. It's a little thing to just say, say out loud, I appreciate you. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, and that's and that's the thing. And and I mean, honestly, that is actually a, a root of this show is that like it it, it and I and I kind of pivot. Oh, fuck, I hate that word. I kind of fall on both sides of it where it's like there is this part of me that's like a like isn't enough, you know, like um, yes. like it, it's a start, though. It's a start, though. And I think it's important to give likes and i and i have to be cognizant of it because it feels cheap and it feels kind of dumb but like honestly just liking a post is a lot for for some mm-hmm. you know and and especially when you think about how many of your friends you just scroll by you know and yes. and and it's like so like while at the end of the day if you want to do more i don't think a like is enough but it's a it's a start and then yeah. on top of that then you need to vocalize too i'm right there with you you know like you have mm-hmm. to we have to vocally appreciate each other because i think we're we're far too conditioned to only vocalize the bad stuff and only vocalize the yes. the diligent watchdog we're going to get you stuff and not mm-hmm. the, the like wow you're doing such an incredible job and i'm so appreciative that you're a part of this you know so mm-hmm. Now that actually bleeds into my last question. And this is something that, um, again, like I continue to wrestle with, with, you know, we're, we're in quarantine. 
We don't know when it's, you know, the rollout of the vaccines has been atrocious and yeah, yeah, we, have, yeah. we have no idea what's coming. And and um, and so it looks like for the time being, friendships are going to remain predominantly digital. And um, mm-hmm. unless you're a real dick, you know, <laughs> 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 uh, um, but so, so what are some what do you think are some actionable suggestions that people can do to remain a good friend in 2021 and then moving forward Mm -hmm. for me and and the people i am really close to because i can't say my friends because i got everyone's my friend (laughs) but for me and the people that i am in direct yeah that i that i normally would be seeing often something for us has been just straight up patience yeah um i have a a close girlfriend that yeah, we've been friends for years. And I betcha we plan to do something together, whether it's over the internet, whatever. Probably once a week. <laughs> and I and I betcha it never happens. Like we are so bad for, you know, taking the time for ourselves. And I and I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean we have ex- we have created a relationship with each other where we understand each other's uh mental capacities, yeah. if you will, and and social batteries. And we can both, without fear, say two hours in advance, be like, look, dude, I I love you. I can't do this. I got to stare at the wall for a while. <laughs> yeah, I just need to not. Yep. And it's fine. Having that patience, that pre preemptive patience with each other. None of us are expecting to see each other. None of us are expecting, you know, a phone call or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that goes beyond friends too. I think that's a, a huge thing families need to understand too. Yeah. Is that like I, it's not that I don't want to see you. That's it's the opposite. Exactly. It's just, you know, kind of the way things are. But something that my friends and I, the people I'm very close to and I have worked on since actually since the middle of 2019, we've been working on you know, this is I think this is that high school boy sort of thing. All the boys, you know, one of the boys we i i always say i love you to my friends always and it's that verbalizing right and i love you is not doesn't have to be a romantic weird thing it doesn't have to be it's not i love them i would do i i I love all my friends (laughs) so bad for that but saying i love you to the people that you wouldn't normally say i love you to Mm -hmm. I think is a is a big that's an actionable thing start telling people how you feel about them yeah. in a good way yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, in a bad way too if it needs to be said sure. absolutely set your boundaries and do what you need to do but i'm talking if there's someone you love whether it's your friend or family or whatever tell them yeah don't assume that they just know yes tell them and that is a that is a such a you know um i i've i, I it's funny because it reminds me of, a, of an anecdotal story of my own experience that has actually changed me to do that um, mm-hmm. because uh, I, I, when I was first starting to date Jenica, um, she introduced me to her like group of friends from Winnipeg and they're like tight. They're like, you know, they've all been friends for decades. And, and um, after like my second time hanging out with them, one of them was just like, James, I love you. And, and I like, I was like, oh, oh th- th- <laughs> thank you. You know, like, and, and I did it because, because, because at that time, I only said I love you to like my family and then mm-hmm. like the person I was dating, you know, and, and it, 
And I like actively used that moment to really like be like, what the fuck? But I do love this person. Mm-hmm. Why don't I feel comfortable saying I love you? And so I have, mm-hmm. I, and I'm, I'm right with you. I, I think everybody should just always say I love you. If you love someone, <laughs> tell them, you know, it's not, them. Exactly. there are so many more tears of love than just like romantic physical. There are, there are so, yes. you know, you, you can feel genuine, intimate love for someone and not want to mm-hmm. sleep with them, you know? Like, yes. Right? You know? And you never know, right? Like, yeah. I mean, we, some of us know this a little too well. You never, you never know when the last time you're going to get to say it is. Exactly. So you just got to do it. Yep. There's nothing like, of course, everyone's going to have regrets at the end of the day. That's just how humans are. But I, I can almost promise you're not going to regret not saying something hateful to someone. You're going to regret not telling them you love them. Exactly. Right. That's You'll like. Always forget it. Exactly. And yep. that it's the easiest thing to do. It is literally three words. It is so easy. Right. They're and we do it sometimes to bug each other. We'll do it right before we hang up. So it'll be, I love you. Hang up. <laughs> so they don't get to respond. <laughs> so good. It's, it's, it's really sad. It's, it's, it's actually, it's the, uh, to, to, uh, on, on the flip side, it's the thing that I'm really grateful for <laughs> to my, to my, uh, like, um, my sort of my group of guy friends from from back in the day is all of them are really Mm -hmm. comfortable saying it and it's really nice to be able to say i love you to another you know like you know not to be like overly heteronormative but it's like you know i'm a straight white guy so sorry it's the only experience i can speak to you know Mm -hmm. but um but like it's really nice when straight guys say i love you to each other you know and it's and i wish more of them did it because it's just Mm -hmm. it's just lovely to hear my big galoot buddy (laughs) you know (laughs) Yes. Right, you know, just saying I love you, and it's just like I love you too, man. Like, yeah, man. You know? like, <laughs> it's just so nice, you know. And, mm-hmm. But um, ah, man, Gen C, I, you know, this is it. Always gets to this part of the episode of the interview, and I and I feel so bad because I have to pull up your Facebook now, and we have to kind of wrap <laughs> it up. But that's um, all right. Um, but before we do, um, um. Well, first of all, actually, is there um why don't we get this part of the way? Is there anything mm-hmm. you'd like to sort of plug? Is there any is there anywhere you'd like listeners to find you? Do you want to share anything? Oh, um, sure. Um and I you mean can, you can list stuff off and I will add it all to the to the show notes and all that kind of stuff. Cool. Well, yeah, I guess if you want to see those paintings we were talking about, you can find them on Instagram and Instagram only, because I'm not great with social media at Jensine Emmeline Art. Uh, Emmeline is my middle name. That's what I usually go with. So, yeah. Otherwise, come check out the Fringe this summer. Yes. It's going to be awesome. And the Saskatchewan Design Festival that's coming up. Yes. And the secret show that's at the refinery that I'm just not – it's it's called The Art of War. It'll be at the refinery in, in April, hopefully. Right. I mean, we'll see what happens with restrictions by the end of the month this yeah. month. But – just stay engaged, you yeah. know. Have have fun. Check out theater when you can, even if it's digital. You know, I I um I do want to say like I'm I'm like thank you so much for coming on the show and thank you for for you know you know I always call it sin bravely right you know thanks for sitting bravely yeah. it's like I um you know you know like I said at the very top like you know we we're, we're obviously you know not great friends we're not close friends but like I'm so appreciative that you're in this community and you know um you know jenica and i are both very much like outsiders to the community and we're not you know we're still trying to figure out some inroads to to certain elements and and um and it's always just so nice to 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 meet somebody in the community who's just so vibrant and amazing and and fascinating and it's just like 
I think the work that you do is so amazing. And I just like, every time I see you post something, it's, it's, it's another, like, it's just, I don't know what the right word for it is. It's just, I just think <laughs> you're so immensely talented and I'm so, thank you, James. I'm just so impressed by it, you know? So, so keep doing you and thank you. you know? Thank you. Thank you for having me. I, I gotta admit, I was a little nervous, but this was really fun. This was a lot of fun. So thank you so much. Good. Well, we're about to do something nuts of fun. Although, I mean, I would say like, oh, this is a big deal. But really, it's it's Facebook and Facebook fucking blows. <laughs> but uh, we have one last thing we got to do. So yes. Scene, we are we are no longer Facebook friends. Okay. Still real life friends, though, right? right? You know. Okay, I, good. You know, That's I, what really matters. I know. <laughs> you know, I'm kind of like, I'm kind of looking forward to the, to the day when I finally have an interview where I'm like, and we're not real friends. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, and we're no longer just friends, period. Then hang up the call, leave them be. They don't get to respond. Wait, no, no, no. You got to do where we are no longer friends. I love you. That is it. Thanks again to Jen Scene for coming on the show. It was so lovely to finally have a chance to actually get to know her a little bit better. If you like the show, please do let your friends know. Share the links. Tell anyone you think would like Friendless about the show. Every mention, every share, it helps me out so, so much. Also, if you have the means to support financially, the Patreon is now live. Starting at just $5 a month, you can get exclusive access to all kinds of fun stuff, uncut, ad-free episodes, brand new writing, access to a Discord server where we'll be doing all kinds of really fun events coming soon. All that info is in the show notes. If you have the means, please do think about supporting us. If you want to follow Jen Scene's instructions and shower me with some positivity, you can find me on all social medias at FriendlessPod or on Average Mango. You can also email me uh, FriendlessPod at gmail.com. Being kind doesn't cost a thing, so who are you going to reach out to this week? That's it for me, so I won't take up any more of your time. Be sure to check out Raised by the Movies. We are almost through the Disney Renaissance, and I will tell you I am ready for something new. Other than that, I'll just say I love you, and I hope you take care of yourself and everyone around you, and I will see you next time, whenever that may be. But not to worry, because that is then, and this is now. So for now, remember someone loves you, and that someone is me. (laughs) Fun and safety, y'all.